0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. You say, yeah, but you don't even know what the, the question is yet. But it's yes. You don't know what my need is. It's yes. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes, and we add our Amen. Hallelujah. Well this morning we're going to share a little bit before we minister to people about God says yes to my healing. God wants you well. Amen. He does. He's got a plan. He's already put it in motion. You know, it's, it's up to us to add our amen to it. Amen. <laughs> you know, from creation to, through redemption, God has revealed His plan concerning man. Amen. And part of that plan includes healing for our bodies, healing for our minds. God wants us well. Amen. Amen. You know, when we're going to look in uh, Genesis, you can go ahead and turn over there. Genesis 1, it's always a good place to start in Genesis. <laughs> Amen, the book of beginnings. And I say this all the time, and it's true. If you will understand, read and understand, allow the Holy Spirit to give you insight, in the first three chapters of Genesis, you will not struggle with a whole lot of theological questions and ifs and buts about God. Because God's not a God that He should change. See, we, we, we look at Old Testament and New Testament we think, well, you know, he, there's the different, God was different in the Old Testament than He is in the New Testament. No, He's not. He's the same God. <laughs> he's the same God. He changes not. And see, there were some people in the Old Testament, even before the law and even under the law, that got a, a glimpse of who God really was. And even in their day, they operated in the kingdom. Abraham did it. Moses did it. David did it. Amen. And we look at them and we go, wow, look at the things they did. But you know, we have a better covenant. Now, after all creation, chapter one is about God really restoring. I believe it's a recreation. But anyway, he's recreating, restoring things. And in verse 31, after everything God had made, he said God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Now, we won't for the sake of time, but you can go back and read that whole chapter, and not one place in there is there any indication where he created sickness and disease, you know, on the fifth day. (laughs) It's not in there. He created the sky, the firmament, the, 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 the heavens. He created the earth, the dry land. He separated them from the waters, created the seas, the lakes, the rivers. He created all living things, animals and, and bugs and all of that and trees and everything. He looked at it. he said it was good. And then at the end he said it's very good. So why would God want you to be sick? Why would he want you to be sick? It, you know. And we need to get this settled. We need to settle. What is God's attitude toward my sickness? Now, I've been sick before. I'm not bragging about it. I just want you to know I'm, I'm a person just like you. But you know what? doesn't change the fact, you know what? God wants us well. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on moving forward. I'm like Paul, I'm going to forget things behind, and I'm going to press on to the high calling. What's the high calling? God wants me well. God wants you well. It's never in God's plan for you to be sick. Boy, you got to get this settled. I didn't say you would would never be attacked with sickness. I said it's never in God's plan for you to be sick. Somebody said, well, how are we going to die? You just grow old, and, it goes time, and it's your time to go, and you just go on and be with the Lord. See, that's, that's the world's idea that you've got to get sick to die. <laughs> no, you don't. You just live out your days. Wouldn't that be great? And you, just, you, just, you just lay down or get in your easy chair there and say, okay, it's time. See you. See, that's, that's God's best. You say, well, Pastor, that's, you're setting the bar real high. Well, listen, I'd rather shoot. You know, I'd shoot for the stars and miss it a little bit and shoot for the ground around my feet and hit it. Jesus bore our sicknesses. Look, well, before we do that, let's look over at Romans 5. So where did sickness and disease come from? Now, you say, Pastor, I know all this. I know, and you need to listen to it again because it's good to hear it again. Because, you know, you may be well in your body today, and I hope that you are, and we're glad for that. But, you know, somewhere along the line, if you live long enough, you're going to be attacked. You know why? Because your body's not redeemed yet. Amen? It's not redeemed yet. Amen? When the weather's cold, your body feels, when the weather's hot, your body feels, see, you're not redeemed yet. <laughs> Your body's got all kind of feelings, don't it? Even if you're not sick, it's got all kind of feelings. Your body is so unreliable because it's not redeemed. Isn't that true? I mean, you go to bed and everything's great. And you're just feeling on top of the world and you get up the next morning, you know, and you you, know, you got to fight off the Monday morning blues or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Amen. Just because you feel different. Nothing's changed. You just, it's just feelings. But how did sickness and disease come? Romans 5, Paul tells us, In verse 12, he said, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that was Adam, wasn't it? We know that. Death and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all had sinned. So, how did death come in? It came by sin. How did sickness come in? It came by sin. Because here's the thing if you get sick and you don't get well, either by divine means, or by the doctor in medical science helping you, you're going to. So sin ushered in not only our separation from God, but it also enter, ushered in sickness and disease. There was never there, there was never any curse on the land. There was never any curse on Adam's body. Did you know if Adam hadn't sinned, he'd still be alive right now? He had an eternal body. Now, we're going to do one better because Jesus, the last Adam, he's he's one up. that We're going to not only have an eternal body, but an immortal body. Immortal means not subject to death. Eternal means live forever. And see, Adam would have if he hadn't sinned. Hallelujah. (laughs) So it came in. Now, let's look over at Isaiah. We're talking about God's attitude toward my sickness. And you've got to get this settled in you. Otherwise, you won't fight. You won't fight. Isaiah 53, verse 3. Listen to this. He said, speaking of Jesus, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, and bore our sicknesses. Now, some I think King James says well, uh, griefs and sorrows. But if you look that up, I don't know why they s- translated that thing there that way. Because every other place where those same words are in the Hebrew, they they're translated sickness and pain. That's what they should be translated as. <clears throat> you can look it up. You don't have to take my word for it. If you got a. You know, concordance, you can look it up for yourself and see exactly what we're talking about there. Amen. He said, He took our pain and bore our sicknesses, yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds, we are God's healing is a complete healing. God made us. The complete man is spirit, soul, and body. When I say man, I'm talking about mankind. Spirit, soul, and body. We're made, man and women. we're made in the image of God. Spirit, soul, and body. So when Jesus uh, bore our sins, He bore our sicknesses, He bore our, the chastisement of our peace, every part of our being, a redemption was supplied at Calvary. And we need to settle that. We need to settle that in our hearts and minds because this is God's attitude towards sickness and disease. He says, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. I mean, when you are witnessing to somebody that, that's lost, that doesn't know the Lord, do you tell them, now, here's what you've got to do. Now, you've got to keep the Ten Commandments. You better live a perfect life. And you, I mean, you know, and then maybe, maybe, maybe God will save you. But you know, when we approach healing, well, you know, I don't know, God might not want to heal you. Well, how would you, I mean, how would you, you get up here and, you know, preach the gospel of how Jesus came. Jesus died, He shed His blood, He bore our sins. And then I tell people out there, but you know what? He might not want to save you. How many people you think are going to get saved? Because you know what the devil is going to tell you. You're one of the ones. You're not going to get saved. And so we need to understand, what is God's attitude? What is God's? Why does God view my sickness that may be attached itself to my body or trying to attach itself? How does He view that? Listen, Jesus bore how many of your sins? And why did He do that? Because if He left just one sin of your sins, just one of your sins that He didn't take care of, guess what? Bad news. Come on. Because I don't care... How little or big you may think that one sin is, you can't deal with it. You can't pay the price for it. You can't, you can't redeem it. You can, I don't care how you live, what you do, whatever. You know, he had to take care of every sin or we're in trouble. Well, the same Jesus that took care of all your sins, Isaiah said, at Calvary, He took also, He took care of all our sicknesses. Now, wouldn't it be a miscarriage of justice if Jesus bore your sins and you also had to bear them? I mean, is God asking for double pay for your sins? Well, why do we think that God's asking for double pay for us to be healed of our sicknesses? Yeah, but this is a big one. I know that. He specializes in big ones. Amen. <laughs> See, He bore our sicknesses. Now, we know this. We're going to read some familiar scriptures now. Don't let it get away from you just because you've heard these a lot of times. The Bible says, I read over there where God says, He says, let this Word dwell in you richly. He said, meditate on this Word day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Jesus was the express image of the Father. Would you agree with that? That's what the Scriptures tell us. So he's, Peter, he told Philip, he said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. So what Jesus said, Jesus' compassion, Jesus' love, Jesus' forgiveness of sins, all that he did, and Jesus' healing revealed the will of the Father. Amen? So notice Peter sums it up over here. He's preaching. Now this is the first Message to the Gentiles. This is the first time the gospel ever been preached to Gentiles outside of the Jewish nation. He said here in verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good. Jesus went around doing good. Jesus went around doing good. Now he's about to tell us what the good is. In healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. You know, I always tell you, this is the Reader's Digest of Redemption right here because all the players are mentioned in this one verse. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the devil. So you can look at this one verse and get your theology all straightened out about healing. The Father anointed the Son with the Holy Spirit and power. And the Son went about doing good with the Holy Spirit and power. And what was that good? Healing all those oppressed of the devil. There's the devil. He's the one doing the oppressing. So you got all the players in there, and we, are, we were the oppressed. So you got all the, all the, all the actors, if you will, all the, the individuals, the components there inside in that one verse. And we need to settle it. God wants you well. He has provided healing for us already. Amen? All the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. Listen, you will never get anything from God that Jesus didn't provide for at Calvary. There, there, not one favor, not one blessing, not one forgiveness of sins, not one peace of mind. You will never get anything from God irrespective of Calvary. It all goes through, through Christ Jesus. He is the head. That's why Paul said you are complete in Him. You don't need to be looking around somewhere else. He has provided everything that we need. Amen. So we see God's attitude, and of course, we could share so much more. But, you know, let me share, you know, we have an attitude. You know, you know you can stop God from blessing you? Now, I know some people say, well, God's God. He can do anything. Well, if that were true, everybody would be saved. But the Bible says that the way God has set this up is that the gospel has to be preached. People have to believe it. People have to confess Jesus as Lord, amen, before they can be saved. This is the way God has set up His kingdom. And so it's the same way about healing. You have to hear it, you have to believe it, and you have to receive it. Some attitudes towards sickness that affects whether or not I receive it or not. Here's a good one. God is trying to teach me something. Anybody ever heard that one? (laughs) Okay, let's see how God said He's going to teach us. Turn over to Ephesians 4. Let's let's look at it. I don't want you to think I'm giving you my opinion. I want you to, we're going to look at God, see what God says. Now, how is He going to teach us? I don't know what those people that are in a coma, I don't know what they're learning. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't say that lightly. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up till we reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature in attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So how is God going to teach us? He gave us these ministry gifts, didn't he? He, says, I'm gonna, he said, here's how you're going to grow up into maturity. Here's how you're going to grow up in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, in the knowledge of redemption, in the knowledge of God's plan and purpose for your life and for the body of Christ and for the world. He said, this is how it's going to be done. He said, he's given these gifts. and nowhere are in here. I, in my Bible, is, did yours have sickness in there anywhere? And I, mine, I got a different translation. Did he say sickness and disease? Did he say the devil was going to teach you? Jesus said in another place, he said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. He didn't say when he, the devil, has come. He's going to put something on you and teach you. No, he said when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will take the things of mine and reveal them or teach you. He's a teacher to guy. So he gave ministry gifts and He given the Holy Spirit. That's how God teaches us. You say, well, I know one one time, you know, so-and-so was sick, and they really learned some valuable lessons. Well, it wasn't the sickness that taught them. You know, we need to have an attitude of being teachable. Yeah, I know when you get your back against the wall, you start crying out to God, and all of a sudden God begins to, to show you some things and help you out of that thing. But it wasn't the wasn't, wasn't situation you were in that taught you something. You finally hardhead. Decided to call on God and reach out to God in faith, and you got in a position where God could help you, and He brought you out of that thing. Because if God was teaching people by sickness, man, there's plenty of other nations in the world, they ought to know more about God than anybody. I've been a few of those places, I'm telling you. I mean, they they don't have the, the medical help that we have here. I mean, you know, so if, if God's teaching people about sickness, I mean, man, Haiti, they should, really, they should really know God. Places in Africa should really know God. But they don't know God through that. Amen? They won't know God unless somebody comes and preaches the gospel to them. That sickness and disease don't show them anything about God. Usually it misrepresents God. If there is a God and He's doing this to me, I don't want anything to do with Him. Well, I agree with them. I said, I agree with them. I mean, you know, what have you heard, you know, such and such, you know, parents exposed all their kids to smallpox on purpose. Would we give them a medal of freedom? Would we put them up and say, hey, aren't they wonderful parents? Look how they're teaching their kids. Yet we want to accuse the wonderful, loving Merciful, forgiving, long-suffering, Father God of doing such a thing. Why well, we'd lock them up, wouldn't we? My suffering here's a goldie, but a goodie. My suffering glorifies God. Y'all ever heard that one? Well, I'm just a suffering. For, well, let's 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 look at that. There is a suffering that glorifies God, but is it sickness and disease? You know, that's like chickens are birds, but not all birds are chickens. (laughs) Come on, we talk about suffering, and we just put it all in one big sack. Well, I'm just suffering for Jesus. No, sometimes we suffer because we were a dummy. (laughs) I know you've never made one of those dumb decisions, but I have, and I've suffered for it. I sure wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to lay that off on God. Amen? Proverbs talks about that. It said says, you know, it says uh, uh, a man of discretion sees something coming, you know, and hides himself. But the fool goes on and is punished. <laughs> I, I've been on both of those positions, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. <laughs> but let's don't say that, that God did that. So let's don't throw, lump all suffering into one big sack and, you don't know, say, I'm suffering. You know, I'm just suffering for God. All right, well, you don't have to take my word for it, thank goodness. First Peter, chapter 3. Let's see what St. Peter says. Peter ought to know, hadn't he? Hallelujah. First Peter 3, we're going to begin in verse 14. He said, He said, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. He's talking about persecution from people. Persecution because of the gospel, because of your faith in Jesus. He's talking about from people. He said, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. But do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good. He didn't say suffer for being sick. He said suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Amen. For Christ also suffered once for sins. He suffered, so I don't suffer in the same way he suffered for my sins and my sicknesses. I do suffer like he suffered for righteousness' sake, because I believe in him, because I'm going to be a follower of him. Boy, I'm telling you what, nowadays more than ever, you know, used to here in America, you know, it was a pretty easy place to be a Christian. Come on, it's still compared to a lot of places, is, but I'm telling you what. Times they are changing I'm going get off on that tangent, but I could. But see, we better arm ourselves, isn't that right? For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, He went and made proclamation to the, to the imprisoned spirits. So what did he say? Our suffering is not about sickness and disease. That's not what glorifies God. What glorifies God, and we don't have time to get into this, but if you know the New Testament, uh, especially the Gospels, every time that Jesus set someone free from demonic oppression, every time he healed somebody uh, uh, from a sickness or disease, what did it say the people did? They glorified God. We've never seen anything like this. What brought glory to God? The healing did. If the sickness was bringing glory to God, they should have been saying that the whole time all those people are sick around them. Jesus was robbing God of glory because it says He healed them all. Thank you for yours. Amen. So, yes, do we suffer? Yes, we suffer tribulations and, and persecution from people and it's going to increase. But not that—that that glorifies God if we bear it well. That's another whole other message right there. If we bear it well, you know, we're we're we are so privileged in this country. Boy, the least little thing just sets us off. My electricity went out for 30 minutes the other day. You know, somebody at my office said something critical about my faith in God. They won't let me talk about God. Bunch of heathen. I'm praying God will just. That's not bearing it well. (laughs) No, he said, when when you're cursed, what do we do? We bless. Isn't that right? When people do us wrong, we pray for them. Then another thing. Our attitude is, and this one is very subtle, because both these are important, but we substitute hope for faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. Hope is very, very important. It absolutely is. You've got to have some hope before you got, can have faith Will have anything to give substance to. You've got to have hope for being well. That's the starting place. But see, where people get stuck, they get stuck there and don't take the next step. God's going to heal me one day, someday. See, see what you've got, you're stuck in hope, and you're trying to make hope do what hope's supposed to do and faith's supposed to do. I'm so glad God gave us two legs, aren't you? You imagine going around all day. But see, that's what's happened. we got, we got faith and hope. And when they work together, I get somewhere. I get to a destination. But, you know, when I'm hopping around on hope, man, it's easy to fall over. I can lose my balance. I can trip. All kind of things can happen. So hope is absolutely essential. That's where we start. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you've got to have some hope, absolutely. But then you've got to get that other leg into motion, which is faith. And faith comes by hearing what Jesus has already done about your healing. Just like it came, I mean, how did you get saved? In some fashion or other, you know, you heard the story about Jesus coming to earth, going to a place called Calvary, dying on a cross, shedding His blood, so that your sins could be removed and forgiven, didn't you? But you had to believe that. You had to receive that. You had to act on that. You had to walk that out. You had to live that. I mean, well, you know, what if you just stayed in, well, I, I sure hope he. I hope one day he saves me. I, you know, I, that's a good message. I, you know, that's right. But, you know, boy, I sure hope. I hope I make it. I hope I get there. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. So you got to add some faith to that. You've got to add some believing to that. It's good that you have hope, don't listen, you need that. But then take the next step, which is believing, receiving. So let's talk about that real quickly. My response to God's provision, once you settle that God has provided it, Amen. That's just like your salvation. You know what? I can't brag about being saved. Are you listening? I can brag on God about saving me. You understand the difference? But I can't brag. Oh, man, I'm telling you what, boy, I tell you, man, God, God, I champion with me. <laughs> Woo! You know, we can't brag that way. Now, we can brag on Him, we can brag on Jesus, and we should. Isn't that right? Because uh, He says, it's for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Well, we can say the same thing for any benefit. By by grace are you healed through faith, and that not of yourselves. But see, the difference is, see, we're so in touch with our bodies, more than our spirits sometimes. We're in touch with how our body feels, how it doesn't feel, how our, what our body wants, what it doesn't want. You know, we're... So, you know, so when we, we try to take that next step of faith, our body's screaming at us. It's like Goliath coming out every day. Goliath comes out and says, You're not healed. Why, well, if you was healed, you'd feel this way. And not only that, not only have I made you, are you sick, you're going to die. Goliath, every day. What did, the, what did the army of Israel do? Scurried back into their cave. There's no faith in the cave. I said, there's no faith in the cave. I said, there's no faith in the cave. Our faith is in God. Not in a refuge place. Not in a safe place. Not when I, you know, I get everything just right around me. No, our faith, our refuge is God. Amen. All right. Psalm 103, you know this one. You need to hear it again. Because sometimes we do what He told us not to do. Have you ever had to catch yourself? You think what God said to do, you're not doing, and what He said don't do, you find yourself doing? That's why you have to remind yourself. Verse 2, He says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now, how many benefits does God want you to remember? Well, praise God, I'm saved, my sins are forgiven. Well, that's right, and that's a great one. That's a big one. That's, that's number one. But he said, forget not all his benefits. He said, who forgives all your sins? Aren't you glad? Ooh, I'm glad he forgiven them all. I'm glad there's not one tucked away that God didn't see. I'm glad he's forgiven them all. Amen. Every one of the, not only has He forgiven them, but the Bible says He will remember them no more. I don't know how an omniscient God can forget something, but I believe it. (laughs) Amen. But He didn't stop there. He said, and heals all, 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 all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. I'm telling tell you what, if you've ever been sick, it's, it's the pits. Sickness is not fun. Sickness is not enjoyable. Sickness is a thief. It robs you of help. It robs you of peace. It robs you of finances. It robs you of the ability to do what God's called you to do. It puts a burden on family members and others that they could be doing other things too. Don't tell me it's a blessing. It's a pit out of which we've been delivered. Hallelujah. God says yes. (laughs) Who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. See, you have to get a desire to be well. And he said that's a good thing. Being well is a good thing. Oh, that seems so selfish. No, that seems so good because when you're well you can you can be active for God when you're well you can be active and take care of your family you can help others who don't know so that your youth is renewed like the eagles there you go all you over 50 crowd I was trying to be generous there. I could have said all oh, you over sixty crowd. <laughs> I'm not looking at nobody. <laughs> he renew your strength like the eagles. Amen. This is see what we're talking about. So, Pastor, this 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 is really what God wants. This is really what God, isn't that from the scriptures? I mean, this is what God's saying. This is what God's saying. Now here is very important this point right here. I must possess what God has provided. I wish I really do. I wish it were automatic. I you know I boom just came on everybody. I you know but here's the thing I'm I'm not in charge of it. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) I'm not in charge of it but here so we must possess what God has provided and it starts by what hearing what God says having a teachable and open heart and mind to God's word not this preacher's opinion but what God says seek it out for yourself in the scriptures my goodness you know you get sick I mean you go to the doctor you take all these medicines and treatments all these side effects and all that stuff because you have a desire to be well and all that but yet we won't take time to just I mean there's no pain in turning these book pages there's no pain in it you can get an electronic concordance you can plug in healing it'll bring up every scripture in the Bible because Everything we receive that we possess is by faith. It's by faith. And listen, don't think that circumstance, the sickness, your flesh, the devil, and even unbelieving believers will fight you over this. They absolutely will. Matthew 11, I'm talking about in this respect, unbelieving believers they don't believe you know God is good but he, he, he yeah, you messed up boy you're getting it I mean you know some people have that idea that you know if you, you mess up God's going to put cancer on you and he might just do it anyway just for you know they, you know what they don't know the Father they might be saved but they don't know the Father you don't know the Father you don't know the Heavenly Father. You got Him mixed up with the devil. Listen, I don't, my, my Father's not the devil anymore. There was a time when He was, but I've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of His dear Son. And my sin and my sickness is none of the devil's business. He ain't got no say-so. He don't have a vote in this. You have a vote. You choose. Matthew eleven twelve. Notice what Jesus says. He said, "From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it, pressing in." Listen, there's. You have to press in. Your flesh, sickness, you know, well-meaning people, all kind of things will tell you. You know, you're you're crazy. You I, you're trying to I, that you you just. That's just positive thinking. Well, I tell you what, if you hang out with God, you, you will become a positive thinker. But this is more than positive thinking. Amen? I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, and, and you know, and just to encourage you here, you know, you're not the first one to have to deal with stuff. Remember the, the disciples, twelve apostles, the apostles of the Lamb. The apostles of the Lamb. Over oh, Revelations, you know, their names are on all, all the all the different layers of foundation. Na- uh, the Apostles of the Lamb. They were in a boat going across the sea. Jesus in the boat with them. A storm came up. They woke up. Jesus said, "Lord, we're going to die." That sounds really strange when you look at it that way, doesn't it? I mean. Jesus is in the boat with you. You say, Lord, we're gonna die. But you know. If we look at our circumstances, it tries to tell you, you know, you're not gonna make it. That's that's silly. You trust in God to do what? You think God's gonna do what? Turn over to James 4 real quickly. i got to close here soon. We're going to pray for people today. If you need healing in your body, we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God for you to receive what He's provided. James 4, verse 7, he says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, When we resist temptation, who are we resisting? I mean, you know, the temptation comes on you to give them a piece of your mind. (laughs) Amen. So when we resist things that that are circumstances, oppression, depression, uh, you know, anger, all those things about you know, you're really, you're resisting the spirit behind it, aren't you? You're resisting the devil. Because Jesus said he comes only, what, to steal, kill, and destroy. So here's the thing. If it steals, if it kills, if it destroys, guess who's behind it? He said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I mean, I've even heard some Christians, I mean, even some preachers, bless their heart. They said, well, you don't really know what's best for you. You don't know what a good thing is. Well, I guess I do. I married a good thing. Don't tell me I don't know what's good. <laughs> I received Jesus as Savior. Don't tell me I don't know what's good. Come on. That's the silliest thing i ever heard of. They're just trying to get all religious on you. They want to call you know good evil evil good. He says submit yourself to God. So when I when I say yes when I said yes to Jesus as Savior Lord, you know what I was doing? I was submitting myself to God. It was not God's will that I, you should perish. So when I heard the gospel, I I said, yes, Lord, and I believed that, and I received that, and I acted on that. You know what I was doing? I was submitting to God. See, if God had said, you know, if if I'd heard the gospel, Jesus had paid the price for my sins, yeah, but I don't don't deserve it. I don't think that. I don't really think God would do that. You're not submitting to God. Well I don't I know you we said that saw that in the scriptures, Pastor, but I just you know I just think you know one of these days God's gonna heal me. When he gets good and ready. No, when you get good and ready, he's been ready. Since Calvary he's been ready. He was ready before Calvary because the Bible says in the mind of God Jesus was slain before the foundation of the the earth was even established. If you're waiting on God, you're backing up, because He's moving. So submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? One last scripture, and then we're going to pray for the sick. Proverbs, get over there, Proverbs 4. You know, you never leave, probably most of the time, you never leave the doctor's office without them giving you a prescription. So I'm going to give you a prescription. God's Rx. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah based on what we've already shared what Jesus did at Calvary verse 20 my son, that includes daughters <laughs> pay attention to what I say that's the first thing pay attention to what God says listen I know this can come a shock to some people but you know God is smarter than you for some people that's a revelation God is smarter than you. He's smarter than me. He's smarter than all of us put together. So why, why shouldn't we listen to the smartest person in the room? That's God. He's smarter than the physicist. He's smarter than the doctors. He's smarter than the rocket science. He's, he's smarter than all of us. Turn your ear to my words. Whose words are you listening to? Well, Grandma said, well, we love Grandma, sure do, but maybe Grandma wasn't taught this. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in, within your heart, for they are what? Well, now, here's the thing. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was. So Jesus was the Word made flesh, wasn't He? So He said, when you keep this Word in your heart, it's going to produce what? So how could it produce sickness? How could Jesus, who's the Word, produce sickness? They are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. He said, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity, and keep corrupt talk far from your lips. We talked about that earlier, remember, about the rudder and the bridle? Well, I just don't know if God really wants to heal me. Stop talking about perverseness. I'd rather you just rear back and cuss. I wouldn't even blink my eyes over that. Just good old South Alabama cuss. (laughs) Than to say God doesn't want to heal you, or God put that sickness on that little child. God broke your leg to teach you. That's perverseness. See, perverseness is a lot broader than what we want to say. You know, somebody gets up, hits their thumb, goes rasha, frasha, frash. We're like... But spirit-filled believers can go around talking about how God's making people sick and don't want to heal people, and we just go, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Come on. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I know people out there are amening me, right? <laughs> so faith comes. We know this. Faith comes by hearing the Word, doesn't it? That's why he said this. Hearing the Word. He said, keep it in your heart. Day and night, 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 day and night. You know, if you, that same instance, if you went to the doctor and he diagnosed something, he said, now here, I'm giving you a prescription. He said, you go down, you get this field, then you, you know, on the prescription, he said, you take this dosage three times a day uh, for a week and all your symptoms will go. And then you, you start going home and on the way home, you say, you know what? I don't know if that doctor really knows what he's talking about or not, you know. And man, I'm telling you, the cost of prescriptions nowadays. Man. I think I just I just I just go on home and, you know, I'll just suffer with it. Maybe I'll get better. You know. Might happen. I might get better. Or maybe you're one of those that you do go fill the prescription, you take it home, you set the medicine bottle right there on your nightstand. Boy the doctor said. The doctor said Right there on your nightstand. But you don't ever take the pills. Then you go back in a week and say, Doctor, I don't know what's wrong with you. That doctor's a quack. I went to him. He didn't help me a bit. He said, Did you take your medicine? Well, no. I mean, I, well, I, you know, I, I went and got the prescription filled and it's right there on my... See, we laugh at that. But we do spiritual things that way. Listen, this Word doesn't get into you by osmosis. I'm going to sleep with the Bible under my pillow. <laughs> that ain't going to help you one bit. You might as well put, well put Funk Wagner's dictionary under your pillow. That ain't going to help you. It, it's not going to, well, I'm, low, I'm laying close to the Bible. It's right on my night skin. It's not just going to... You got to open this thing, lay your eyes on it, give your attention to it, and fill your heart and mind with it for it to do you any good. All right, action points real quickly, then we're going to pray. Do you believe God wants you well? This is the starting place. Do you believe God wants you well? You think that's. I didn't say, do you want to be well? I said, do you believe God wants you well? I know you want to be well because that's why we go to the doctor and do all the things we do. God bless the doctors. Everybody say, God bless the doctors. We're not against doctors. But that's, that's the reason you go. You know, it always amazes me, too. You know, these people said that God you know, put this on you to teach you something, and yet they're going to the doctor to get the doctor off and take it off of them. Looks like if God put it on you to teach you something, then you ought to wait till God take it off of you to make sure you've learned your lesson. Otherwise, you're making the doctor sin. Isn't that the silliest thing in the world? Thank God for You know, God, God wants people well. God wants people whole. Are you remembering all of Calvary's benefits? All his benefits. I want to read a scripture here. We're going to pray for people. For healing this morning if you need healing listen to this I call this the double cure James 5 verse 14 he says "Any any among you sick is any among you sick now this is this is the apostle James talking is any among you sick let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them And anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well the Lord will raise them up and if they have sinned they will be forgiven that's why I call it the double cure it's a win-win See, we're gonna anoint people, Though We're gonna pray for you in just a minute. We're gonna have you come up, we're gonna pray for you. Listen, don't let your mind and the devil that inspires those thoughts say, Yeah, but you you've missed it here and you've done this and you should have done that, blah, blah, blah. No, it's a double cure. If you just come in faith, you are just come in faith that the prayer of faith, what? It's going what, you're gonna be healed in your body. And even if you have missed it, even if you have sinned, he said, you're gonna get, you're gonna get forgiven. You're gonna get a double cure. So what could possibly keep you from being healed except what? You doubt. Is the Lord good? Has the Lord been good to you? Oh, is the Lord full of mercy? Is the Lord full of kindness? Long-suffering? Gentle? Oh, yes. Is He a good daddy? Wow. Boy, if you had a child sick and it was in your power, would you heal the child or would you say you know you suffer a while I remember that time I told you to do something you didn't do it so you just good enough for you no you I hope you wouldn't if you feel that way you need to, you need another dip and I ain't talking about a dip of Levi I'm talking about a dip in the fountain amen so here's we're going to open this up if you need healing this morning you want to come up here and just make a single line. We're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. And the Bible says what? The Lord, who? Not, it didn't say Pastor Norris is going to raise you up. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. You're going to agree with me. But the Lord will raise you up. And if you have for done any, any kind of trespass, the Lord's going to forgive you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a great, great thing. Honey, right there in that